Sports is recorded in Harrisonburg, Virginia, in the heart of the Shenandoah Valley. Starring Dave. Surprising little fun fact, King Griffey Jr. was the first number one overall draft pick to go into the Hall of Fame. Chris. ALCS MVP for the Houston Astros. Gary Sanchez. Brad. You're a professional. Act like you've gotten criticism before because obviously you have. And Joe. Yeah, Chris Davis is awful. And now, 4D Sports. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of 4D Sports. Joe Deck, Brad Deck is with me, and we got Dave on the phone this week. Uh, first off, guys, let's talk about the Valley Baseball League in general at large. Right now, we're looking at a really tight race in both divisions. Uh, you have the Strasburg Express leading the North 7-5. and five. Woodstock, a game behind them at 7-7. Seven and seven. Winchester 5-5 five and five means they're also a game back. Newmarket right now holding on to that last playoff spot in the North at 6-7, and seven, a game and a half out of first. Front Royal, they're a game out of a playoff spot at 6-9, and nine, two and a half out of first. So right there, one through five in the North, all within two and a half of first place at the quarter mark or past the quarter mark now of the regular season and Percival at three and nine, they're four out of first. So they're not out of it yet, but they are falling behind. Um, so that's the North and the South, which is kind of crazy, but that's the division that is looking a lot better. Four of the five teams above 500 in the South. And I just read off the North standing. So Strasburg, the only one out there above 500 Covington is in first. They have the best record in the Valley right now at nine and four. Stanton is nine and five, just a half game back. Charlottesville, seven and five. They're a game and a half out of first. Waynesboro, six and five. They're two out of first. Harrisonburg, four and eight, four and a half back. And they are chasing Waynesboro for that last playoff spot right now. But guys, you know, when I read that off, the first thing that jumps out, and we'll go to Dave first, just the parity in the league. Yes, exactly. Uh, my, what my thought was, especially in the North, I mean, everybody's like right there and, uh, Looking through scores, there's a lot of high-scoring games and people putting up double digits a lot last week. Um, yeah, there's a lot of the same happening in the league and pretty evenly balanced from the standings. Yeah, you got um, a lot of teams in the north. They're all kind of right there just knocking on the door. Um, really could could be up to anybody at, at that point. Um, wouldn't surprise me if another team got hot towards – you know, the midway point or even later in the season was able to kind of rise all the way to the top. Uh, in the South, you know, it seems like uh, maybe Waynesboro hasn't had quite as many games. Um, so they could also kind of catch up a little bit too there. Yeah, they are uh, one game behind Charlottesville and Harrisonburg. They're two games behind Stanton and Covington. So it'll be interesting to see how those, you know, two games that they still have to make up play out. But the other thing I want to talk about before we talk about the games that we went to last week, the Woodstock River Bandits at seven and seven. Uh, they only won five games all of last year. So seven and seven, they've already won more games than last year. And I think some of that has to do with the coach they brought in, Bocock, coming in. He's a Valley League Hall of Famer already, coaching and playing uh, in the Valley League before. But he's won some Valley League championships. I think when we saw that he was coming, we knew they were probably going to be better. I don't know. You know, it's hard to say because the Valley League teams aren't like a – MLB franchise in terms of like you're tied to contracts and tied to players. You can go get whoever you want in any given year. Um, but 
I think it's been interesting to see just how quickly that culture there has changed. Brad. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, definitely having Bocock there as a coach, um, someone with, you know, as much experience as him, he probably has a lot of connections uh, to many different schools in many different areas throughout the country. So he's probably able to get some guys in here pretty easily and already having a, an established name uh, with success in the league. And for decades, I mean, you know, it's it really I think that that is really helping uh, Woodstock right there. Yeah, I mean, what what were your thoughts, Dave, on just hearing, you know, like I said, five wins last year. They've already won seven this year. Right, definitely a big change. I'd be interested to see uh, how many returners they actually had uh, to see if, you know, if they stepped up their game this year, if it's just, like you said, a change in the culture, getting an experienced coach that knows the ins and outs of the league. Uh, they might have a different perspective on how to do things uh, to really shake up, you know, the staff organization there. I was going to say, and this is no disrespect to the other coaches. I think this league is full of good coaches, uh, and we have a good interview with Zach Cole again coming up later for you from Waynesboro. But other than Weiss, um, Bocock is the one that I think is the most senior in the Valley in terms of like years experience put in. And I, I think that shows with how quickly he's been able to turn around in Woodstock. Right now they're in second, like we said, but that North, I mean, in any given week, it could be upside down and flipped exactly the opposite. So I think that's kind of interesting to see what happens. Um, Percival, that's a team that in the past has been really good. When we talked to Ridge Fuller, uh, in his season preview, he talked about trying to get players that weren't going to be leaving in the middle of the summer uh, and more of a concentrated effort on keeping people. You know, we'll see how many people they still have coming in because obviously even at the quarter mark, not everybody on these teams that's coming in is in yet. Um, but I, I think it's interesting to see. Usually the, in the past, this has been a team running away with the Valley in the regular season and then in the playoffs, coaches call people back, injuries, and it just hasn't worked out right now. <clears throat> they're slow to the they're slow to the sound of the gun, Brad. Yeah, it is a little bit surprising. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if it's just kind of getting off to a slow start. Um, maybe they you're you could be right. Maybe they don't have all their pieces in yet. Uh, their big pieces. Um, we I mean it's just too early to tell. Uh, but I mean I'm I'm hoping they can kind of turn it around and make things interesting uh, on their end kind of, you know, get in there and start knocking on the door as well with some of those other teams. All right, now let's talk about some of the games that we went to. Um, I went to three. Brad went to three. Uh, Dave joined us for the last two on Sunday. Again, we're recording this on Monday. Um, Saturday, though, Brad and I met up in Waynesboro to watch the Generals and the Braves. Uh, the At the time, the best record in the league belonged to the Stanton Braves. They were 9-3. and three. They dropped this one 13-5. It was really a just a story of big innings. Uh, nine of those, well, all 13 coming in big innings, uh, really five in the third, four in the sixth and four in the eighth for Waynesboro, put Stanton away. Yeah, it was crazy. Just those big innings. I mean, it, with, uh, as good as Stanton has been doing this season, you, you kind of expect to see them have a couple big innings here and there, but really just that last inning, they were kind of starting to put things together. It seemed like, but it was too little too late. And Waynesboro looked really strong throughout that entire game. Yeah, I mean, 15 hits in the ball game is just redonkulous. Um, and they drove in the runs. They got seven walks. I mean, Stanton's pitcher had a rough, rough outing. Um, Snyder just he 
he went two and two thirds. Like I said, he looked great there at the start. And then kind of in the third, it started to unravel a little bit. But I, to me, when it really got away from him was an error um, on a strikeout of all things. Um, it was an overthrow uh, on uh, to the first baseman and the ball ends up in right field on what should have been strike three for the third out. I think that would have held him to three runs in that inning. Um, instead, they end up scoring a couple more in the third. And um, then Waynesboro, once they went up 5-1 after the third, it, they really didn't look back. Um, they had another big inning, like I said, in the sixth before Stanton scored again. And by that point, it was it was too late. Uh, when you're looking at hitters, though, on this Waynesboro team, Seth Kennedy uh, is hitting 435 after that game for the season. You look at Wes Clark, he was up to 455. I mean, these are guys just absolutely raking. Uh, Garcia's hitting 357 as well. Uh, so, you know, you, you have to look around. And look, Stanton's not bad, right? They've got Brooklyn, who was hitting 362. They've got Check who was player of the week in the opening week of the Valley. He's hitting 393. The, Stanton's not a bad team either. They just didn't put it together that night against Waynesboro. And going back to that one point that you had um, with that error with the overthrow at first base on the strikeout, um, that was kind of like a tough situation where that actually ended up resulting in the pitcher being taken out and where he actually had just gotten himself out of the jam, would have gotten himself out of the inning there. And, uh, you know, with only three runs being scored in that in that inning then, where the team then, you know, they, they can feel it's not, you know, it's not too much. We can definitely overcome that. And maybe the pitcher's able to go back out and kind of respond to the adversity of the past inning and kind of get things clicking again. So it could have been a whole different ball game if that, you know, had gone differently. Yeah, and again, I just felt like after that, Stanton – never really threatened again. Um, they, they just had a rough night. Um, Stanton Braves are a very good baseball team, though, and you know one game is not going to make or break your year, especially uh, in the middle of the year like this. But, Dave, you ended up going with us to watch a doubleheader last night, um, Front Royal and Harrisonburg with the doubleheaders. Uh, and in those games, you know, I, I thought the interesting part was they split the doubleheader, the and it was kind of just a tale of two games. Uh, in the first game, Harrisonburg looked unstoppable. I mean, eight to one, they brought the bats, they scored a ton of runs. And then in the second game, they couldn't get it going. And unearned runs is what undid the Turks in that second game. But let's start with the first game, the eight to one win over the front Royal Cardinals. Yeah, you pretty much hit it. The first game they came out firing. I think uh, they had the bases loaded in the first inning. They pushed for almost two runs. It seemed like every inning. They're the first half of the game, uh, left them loaded to end the first. But, yeah, they got out, and Cardinals just never could find their way back. Um, and the pitcher for the Turk really helped him out the first game. Ferris going the whole game, um, seven innings, only giving up three hits. I didn't realize that when we were at the game that he pitched the whole game. Uh, but looking at the box score, uh, I realized that. I mean, the second game was kind of the opposite for the Turks. They what had three errors, I think, in the first inning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three uh, three errors, three runs in the first. Yeah, they couldn't call their way back from that. Just It was a domino effect, one after the other there. Uh, seems like most of the errors were in the infield, too, uh, which really killed them. And then a bunch of strikeouts in that second game uh, for the Turks part that, uh, that really killed a lot of rallies. That when they had people on base, uh, they would end up striking out. 
and not be able to get them home. Yeah, they had a bases loaded situation there in that second game where I thought maybe they were getting ready to get back into it, and they struck out there, and that kind of, I agree, Dave, it kind of really killed them. You talked about Ferris going complete game in that first game. Uh, he is he has been dynamite here. Only three outings so far uh, in the Valley, but the first start of the year was June 2nd, a 5-1 win for the Turks. He went seven scoreless, only gave up five hits. He then had a no decision where he went five innings, only gave up a run to Stanton where they would later lose that game 15-12. to So uh, the bullpen didn't help him there. But then this outing against Front Royal, seven innings scoreless. So a .47 ERA through three games. Uh, and he's pitched 19 innings. He's got 20 Ks and just three walks. Uh, this kid's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, those are some pretty impressive stats there uh, so far this season. Um, I'd be, I'm, I'm really interested to see if he can keep it going. Um, it, I mean, those the two games that we watched, it was almost like a mirror image. Almost uh, each team kind of had a down game that night, and um, really what kind of impressed me was how the Harrisonburg pitcher in the first game was able to kind of keep things together for that entire game because all the other pitchers that night seemed to just have high pitch counts kind of struggled to find the zone a little bit um you know some pass balls and wild pitches here and there and I think that really that was really kind of what made made and it it was what made and didn't make those the night for that both of those teams yeah, you know, even in that second game, Front Royals starter issued six walks in three innings. Now he had six Ks, so he was effectively wild, and he put his team in a position to win the game. Uh, and then Sean Miller came in to close it out for the Cardinals. I mean, he did a good job in his four innings of relief work to make sure the Cardinals won that game because, as you touched on, Dave, their bullpen, uh, they only used two pitchers, and it looked like they went to two position players uh, for the other two pitchers in that game, which I thought was interesting. But, uh, you know, Front yeah, Royal really could have had their bullpen blown up there early. Right, they definitely did. Uh, they relied heavily on their, their other players that first game. They just kind of swapped first base in there at one point. And I guess those guys have a little bit of experience. You know, they had some breaking stuff, and they were throwing decent uh, to keep them, you know, hanging around that, that game as they, to keep their bullpen for the second game. All right, well, now we will get ready to play an interview, some interviews from the Waynesboro Generals game that Brad and I went to when they beat the Stanton Braves. We've got a few players for you. We got Wes Clark, we have Seth Kennedy, and we have head coach Zach Cole. So we'll go ahead and play those interviews, and then we will break those down after this. We have Wes Clark of the Waynesboro Generals with us. Wes, you're hitting well over 400. Uh, now and you had another good night at the plate tonight. You guys beat the best team in the Valley so far in the Stanton Braves. Uh, let's start off by talking about this game. Um, yeah, we had a lot of hits tonight. Our bats were uh, live. Um, I think we have a really good team, a really consistent team. If we play um, to our potential, we can be very dangerous, and I think we have we compete for that number one spot in the Valley. What has your overall experience been in the Valley so far? Like I said, I mean, you're raking the pitching down here um, talk about your summer so far so far um, you know I love the team love the coaches great experience um, pretty close to home loving the valley so far I feel really confident at the plate right now sticking to my approach um, hitting my pitches and just you know staying consistent I feel really good you talked about playing close to home talk about that what's that like it's pretty cool when um, 
off days I get to go home, see the family, my parents get to come to games, you know, being only a little bit over an hour away, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. All right, we'll get you out of here on a couple just for fun questions that we ask everybody. Right. Uh, first one, what is your favorite animated Disney movie? Oh, oh man. I'm going to have to go with Jungle Book. Okay, all right, good answer. Yep. And uh, what's a song that you like but you're afraid to admit to other people? <laughs> Probably Bodak Yellow by Cardi <laughs> yeah. B. Yeah, love it. Okay, well, thanks for your time. Yep, thank you. All right, that was Wes Clark again with us, um, and we thank him for talking to us. Let's break down his interview before we go to Seth and Coach Cole. Uh, Wes Clark hitting 459, two home runs, 10 RBIs so far through 11 games played in the Valley. Uh, Dave, you know, the fir- before we get to the really the most important answers, um, I thought the one thing that he said that was pretty cool was how close he lives to the Valley, and that's not something we always get. Uh, some of these teams are taking local kids, but not all of them, and uh, so that was kind of a unique standpoint. I don't think anyone else we've interviewed has been from this area. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, it makes it nice for his family. gets to uh, stay in touch and see him play. And I'm sure it's nice for him, too, you know, uh, especially that he's doing well. It's nice to see an area kid uh, performing like he is doing for the Valley. Yeah, and um, I, I, I don't know what you thought, Brad, but I, I had been looking at his numbers before we went to this game, and I was like, okay, let's let's see. And I was pretty impressed. So he looks like the real deal. He was good at the plate. He also had an amazing play in the field, too, where he robbed a line drive. Yeah, I mean, he's been hitting gaps. Uh, he hit a gap that night. We we went to see him, and I mean, when you get some guys hitting power in the gaps, I mean, that's what you're looking for. So he said he's feeling confident, and you can really tell. It seems like he's seeing the ball really well. He's it's probably the size of a beach ball coming in there to him. So I mean, uh, yeah, I'm happy for him, and I I hope it continues. And uh, it he's he's exciting to watch at the plate. It was a pretty good interview, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and now let's go to the two most important answers. Favorite Disney movie, Jungle Book. That's a solid answer. Yeah, it's always solid. That's a solid top top five right there. Yeah. No matter where you go. And his song, uh, you could hear me get excited. Um, I also like Bodak Yellow. Uh, and right now, Wes Clark is a boss, and he's making the pitchers his worker bees uh, for podcast-appropriate language. Your thoughts, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not as heavy on the Cardi train as you are, but yeah, <laughs> catch your teams. Yeah, you, I think you, out of uh, all of us, like that song the most. That's that's factual. Um, I think that was his mom there that asked him <laughs> what he said afterwards. He, he told her not to listen to it. So. That, that's definitely a good call. Definitely a good call. But yeah, that was that was pretty funny. It was funny. And we, uh, love, we love the honest answer. Oh, yeah. Honest answer is the most important answer. Uh, and like we said, uh, we're wishing Wes Clark the best. Now, Dave, I want to get your opinion on this. And I'll have to play it for you so you can hear the whole interview. Look, Ray Hernandez was the first. He is in the 40 Interview Hall of Fame, which I think we need to make this an important distinction. To be in the Interview Hall of Fame, you just have to be a good interview. And you have to have fun and enjoy it. Um, Ray definitely does. That's why he's in right now. I would say he's the only person. And I don't know, maybe you can think of someone else that we interviewed that deserves to be in, um, in terms of players though, I think it's just Ray right now. Mm, that's tough. Yeah. Thinking back, there's nobody that jumps out you, out at you. Yeah. Um, uh, like Ray does, but yeah, I'd have to really think on that one. 
Now I'll play this one for you and I'll play Seth as well. Um, I, and maybe it just needs to be a Valley baseball league 4d hall of fame, which is if you're a good player that can help you, but it's really about if you do something that we like, um, Zach Steary would probably be, if we're going to generalize it, he could be in there because of back right pocket. Um, he, he entertained us on Twitter with that when we would call him out for back right pocket. Um, like I said, Wes Clark had fun. He had the great answer of Bodak Yellow. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get to Seth here coming up next, and um, you'll understand why he's a possible inductee into the 40 Valley Baseball League Hall of Fame because of his batter intro. Okay, we're here with Seth Kennedy of the Waynesboro Generals. Uh, Seth, you're not as much playing time yet here in the Valley, but you're off to a hot start. Pretty good night as well. Um, let's talk about your season here so far and how you got to the Valley. Um, I got here, there's four of us from my team here, so we're, we're all kind of here together. Um, I'm just really trying to stick to my plan that I've, been, that I've had the whole year, um, trying to improve my confidence just really sticking to what I've been doing. I think that'll it'll play. Um, it's it's played, but I've had a couple couple struggles mentally in the, in the spring season. I think it's it's time to kind of get over those and try to get stronger over in the mental side of baseball. Uh, I mean, I noticed uh, coming into tonight, you were hitting over 400. Uh, I believe 444 is what they had online. Um, and like I said, another big night tonight. Talk about the win and uh, how you saw it on the field tonight. Um, everybody, the whole everybody had good energy the whole night. The coaches really, really did a good job preparing us today. A lot of, a good BP, good, good uh, pregame, but everybody just was really focused the entire game. Pitchers threw strikes. I mean, everybody drew. Drew walks when they needed to. Had hits, had a lot of clutch hits. Uh, I think Eli had like a two run, three run double in the like the fifth mm-hmm. or sixth. So I mean, everybody kind of did their job and it worked out. All right, now uh, I do want to ask you your batter intro. My brother and I loved it. Um, did you pick that? Is that something the team picks? No, I j- which one? The your pretty, love by the oh, outfield. Yeah, I've always yeah. I've always loved that song. Yeah. And I think. I think I heard it for the first time this year as, as somebody used it as a walk-up. I've always like wanted to try it, but I didn't know how it sounded like in the field. But it's just I've always loved that song. It's always kind of like calmed me down. So I've, I think it'd be fitting to try it in summer ball. See how it worked out, honestly. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Well, you got two big fans here. Um, now we'll get you out of here on a couple just for fun questions that we ask everybody. Uh, first one: What is your favorite animated Disney movie? Ooh. I don't know. I haven't seen one in so long. Probably The Little Mermaid. Okay. All right. I respect that. And uh, what is a song that you like but you're afraid to admit to other people? Ooh. I don't know if, there, I, don't know if I have one. I, don't, I think I kind of admit what I, every music. I like everything, honestly. Okay. So other than, other than uh, your love, then, let's, let's give the audience another song that you think is underrated. Underrated. Oh, man. Well, I can go my other walk-on song. It's Tricky by Run yes. DMC. Good call. All right. Well, thank you very much, and good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. <laughs> and, again, we'd like to thank Seth for talking to us as well. Um, we're just going to jump straight into the most important questions. Um, Disney movie, Little Mermaid. Interesting choice. Um, as I told you guys, I'm going to have to check the archives. I'm not. Uh, that might be a new one. But if it is... I consider that one of the golden age 
Disney movies because it's when we were kids. Uh, I remember seeing The Little Mermaid. And anytime a player goes that far back into the Disney archive, I'm going to give him props. Brad. Most definitely. Yeah, I mean, we definitely, you know, not a lot of people think of the like the Little Mermaid as their favorite Disney movie. I think, and uh, it's definitely up there, though. I say, like, it's 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 really good, and you know, still to this day, that scene with Ursula just crawling on the deck of that ship, man, it <laughs> gives me nightmares, dude. <laughs> yeah, Dave, uh, Brad brings up a good point with Ursula. That's you can't get a yeah, hour. Yeah, I'm not that to get blood up. Thanks for that. Now yeah, you're now you're gonna have nightmares night. tonight. Yeah, no one's sleeping the night. Yeah, um, no mermaid's got a solid south soundtrack. I mean, take it That's true. It does. Yeah. yeah, under the sea. I mean, come on. Speaking of soundtracks, when when his batter intro came on, Brad and I both looked at each other. And we're like, yes, this might be our new favorite player in the league. Well, they kept accidentally yeah. playing it for the leadoff batter. Yeah, which he should adopt it. And I was like, what? I was like, why do they? They like keep cutting it off and then they played it for him and I was like, Oh, okay. And I was like, nice, nice. And then the second time up, he, you know, because he said he isn't afraid to admit any song that he likes, he gave us another underrated song and he went with it's tricky by run DMC, which was the song that came up his second time. Every other time it was back to your love, um, which good. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's tricky. a good song. I like it. It's on the iPod, but it's not your love by the outfield, which is, I mean, the name of the band is the outfield. Come on. I mean, I thought it was interesting because he said that, you know, he didn't, he wasn't sure how it would work like on the field as a batter intro. And I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like you wouldn't really think of that song for that situation, but it did work. It worked. And as he said, it calms him down. You want something that's going to like kind of pump you out a little bit, but it's going to calm you down mentally and keep you in the zone. Yeah. He's going to put that song as soon as it starts and hits you with that punch. Yeah. I mean, he could put that baseball on a vacation far away. <laughs> Round the bases, talk it over. I'm anytime, and this is another guy because of that. I mean, that uh, to me, that's the kind of quirky stuff that's going to get you in the 4D Hall of Fame is having songs that we love as your batter intro. Not all the teams play batter intros, so some players will have to find other ways to get in. Um, but uh, somebody that deserves to be in there, no, I'm thinking about it is, uh, I think it's the all things Riley guy. Here it is with, the John Leonard. Yes. John Leonard is definitely in the all things Valley league interviews. That's true. If we're going to expand this, um, John Leonard is in, I was thinking just players, but you bring up a good point, Dave. We have interviewed people that aren't players and, um, coaches, coaches, John, John Leonard, again, all things Valley league. If, if you haven't, gotten on allthingsvalleyleague.com um what are you doing do that that's where you find the actual good statistical analysis of what's going on in the valley league you come to us we'll try we'll give it our best but then we'll hit you with the disney and the songs um we'll try to get the sides of the players you haven't you don't know uh and i will go ahead and say this i think we're the only people that are going to ask them those questions i hope so so that's your 40 exclusive right there. Because, you know, we're the, we're the fun guys. We are the fun guys. We'll give you some uniform talk, too. Um, front row Cardinals black hats, awesome, right? While oh, we're talking about uniforms. Those were some sharp-looking hats. I, I, I really, really like those hats. Those, those were very, very, very sharp-looking on those uniforms. Yeah, black on black. Those teams had the hats going. 
Bomber yeah. with the solid black, and I like the uh, the different color bills, Turks ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Turks jerseys are sharp. The navy blue with the white and the red lettering, I like those. Um, solid. A lot of different th- socks going on in the Nike. Yeah, Front oh, Royal had yeah. like three different kind of socks going on. The guy with the black socks and the triple stripes mm-hmm. on it, I big fan of those. Big fan. <laughs> so whoever you are, we don't remember. Who you I, he started in center field in the first game. Yeah, boss sock game. Um, going back to the other game, Brad and I, I loved both teams' uniforms. Wayne Sparrows had that little, and we're gonna have to send a picture to Dave so you can see what we're talking about because I didn't think about it until just now, but. Those, the camos. Those, no, no one had camos, <laughs> thank goodness. Um, but they were red jerseys with a blue and white stripe at like the bottom that kind of went to an L almost down the side. Um, wrapped around the back. Too, wrapped around the back, yeah. that was It was okay. different. I didn't hate it. It was different. And then the Stanton Braves had kind of the old White Sox throwback kind of style with the stripes oh, across the chest, the middle. And it was, I believe it was blue, was it not, with white and red? Yes, because they wore white hats. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Yeah, they both of those uniforms, that was the best-looking Valley League game I've ever seen. I will say, it would have looked better with white pants, though, for Waynesboro. Yeah, Brad doesn't I'm still, like... I'm still going to be a stickler about that. Waynesboro keeps the gray pants at home tradition, which Brad does not <laughs> like. Um. Now we're going to go ahead and move on to head coach Zach Cole. We already had his Disney and guilty pleasure, so we had to ask him something different at the end of his interview. What you got? We got Coach Cole with us, so the Waynesboro Generals. Coach Cole, um, first off, congratulations for last year. We didn't get a chance to catch yeah. up with you last year on the Valley League Championship oh, with Newmarket, um, so we'll go ahead and start there. What's it like coaching for a different team in mm-hmm. the Valley? Well, well, second of all, I know y'all reached out to me, and I got back to school. Hey, them rain dates, man, like I got back <laughs> yeah. late. Like I missed the first little couple of meetings, so I apologize for that, but appreciate you guys you know, bringing that back up because it was – it was a really cool experience to win the league, and uh, you know, especially in Newmarket where I'd been a couple of years. So it was it was awesome for me. I really enjoyed it. We had an awesome group of kids. They deserved to win it. You know, they worked their butts off. They they brought it every day. So it was awesome. But back to your question, you know, I played in Waynesboro, believe it or not, 2004. So, it, you know, if there was any team in the league that I would have you know had any interest in coaching outside of over in Newmarket, it would have been here. And, and I'll be honest with you, I've told everybody this, everybody keeps asking me this question. I'm like, man, I was retired. Like, I was done with collegiate summer baseball. It's just, you know, putting all the rosters together and hunting these kids down and everything. It just, it's a lot with school. And, you know, when I stepped away, Tyler reached out to me, you know, here in Waynesboro. And, you know, I got the sweetheart deal where I didn't have to do all, all the uh, the brutal stuff of chasing these kids down and making sure they show up and sign them and everything. I just got here to come here and coach. So, you know, when he said that, it kind of perked my interest. And, in, you know, the fact that I played here, my brother also played here as well. So it was kind of a cool thing for me. And I'm excited to be here but you know I definitely am thankful for that experience in Newmarket. Well let's talk about this year's team with the Waynesboro Generals. You guys just beat the league leaders in the Valley record-wise in the Stanton Braves tonight pretty handily. Um, Talk about what you're seeing from your team here early on. Look I like our group of guys like I I mean you know I've been this is my fourth league year in the Valley. We have a group that's that's pretty good for the Valley League. I like our group of guys now I say that, and, and, you know, we could go on a run where we, we get our butts kicked. But, you know, the challenge, and it, it is for everybody, it's not just us, it's for everybody in the league, is how do we get our guys to play, you know, up to their capability every single night. And, and you saw tonight our guys played up to their capability, and the scoreboard, you know, showed what we were capable of doing. And we just challenged our guys after the game. You know, they, they just set the high water or they set the high water mark right there for, for what our team's capable of and, and what we need to be look, expecting going forward. So we're just going to try to hold them to that standard each and every night, and I feel like if we do, I, I love our team. 
All right, Coach Cole, um, we'll go yeah. ahead and get you out of here on a couple um, different questions. Okay, yeah, a couple okay. different questions. Um, let's ask you this one first. Uh, who is a, your favorite all-time baseball player? Oh, gosh. Y'all always got me with these things. Uh, <laughs> man, if you put me on the spot, I'm going to go – I'm a little older, so I'm going to go Ken Griffey Jr., just the swing. Okay. When I was a kid, that's when the cleats first light came out. Everybody had the Ken Griffey Jr. cleats and stuff, the swing man. So I'm going to have to go with Ken Griffey Jr., all right, and uh, what about what is your favorite baseball movie? Oh, um, man, that's a tough one. That's a, there's a, oh, y'all always trying to stump me on these things. <laughs> I would say um, I'm a big Tom Cruise fan, so I'm going to have to go League of Their Own. Okay. Does that count as a baseball movie? Yeah, I mean, it's okay. baseball, yeah. They play baseball, so thank you again, I, yeah. Coach well, Cole. I, you hear me saying there's no crying in baseball quite a bit, so maybe that's why I like it so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Coach Cole. Absolutely. Good luck. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for your coverage. Great game. And we want to thank Coach Cole again as well for talking to us and taking the time to talk to us after that win. Um, a few things to pick up on after that, after playing the interview for you. Um, he mentioned that even though he likes his guys, they could easily get their butts kicked. Um, I don't know if they ne- they didn't necessarily get their butts kicked, but they did get swept in a doubleheader the next day against Newmarket, so we're sorry if we jinxed them. Um, then Coach Cole also told us, although I did kind of have a bone to pick that he said he's a little bit older, so he's going to go King Griffey Jr. King Griffey Jr. is not older, okay? If I can remember him playing, he's not older. I guess he probably thinks yeah. like when he was playing ball, so you know everyone was getting the cleats, and he, you know, it, it was a it's more of a thing of when he was playing, so I don't know. Yeah, let's bring Dave in. I was gonna say Griffey Jr. is one of my favorites, uh, and I remember watching him some. Maybe he's kind of you know over the hump in his career when I was watching the most. But I still Griffey remember Jr. when he was playing for the Mariners. Yeah. We went to a game at Camden Yards to watch him play the Orioles one time when he was with the Mariners. Mm-hmm. He hit a home run over our heads. Yeah, he killed it. Um, good baseball player, good choice, and then. Um, he got his Toms mixed up. Um, he, I think he meant to say Tom Hanks instead of Tom Cruise when he said A League of Their Own. Um, not a bad baseball movie, though. Oh, it, I think it's got some great lines in it. Yeah. I, some of them can't be repeated here. No, some, one that we really love <laughs> um, <laughs> involving an umpire if that we definitely the movie, can't repeat. you know the one we're talking about. Yeah, one involving an umpire that we definitely can't repeat on the podcast, but um, I also really good. laugh every time with the, uh, the line about... Uh, where he's driving the bus and he says he gets in the argument with that one lady and then he turns to her and says, "By the way, I thought you were great in The Wizard of Oz." Totally straight faced. Wow, great. Because she looks exactly like the lady that's the Wicked Witch. Right. It's great. Dave, your thoughts on A League of Their Own? No, it's solid. You can't go wrong with Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise. I mean, the best statement. <laughs> Both. League of Their Own kids, classic. Tom Hanks is great in Top Gun. Um, (laughs) but again, uh, we joke with coach Cole, but seriously, thank you for taking the time for all three of those guys Mm -hmm. taking the time to talk to us. Uh, we really do appreciate that guys before we wrap this episode up, I do want to move on to a major league baseball video or a thing that happened in major league baseball that I shared with you guys. Cause I knew I wanted to talk about on the podcast. I don't think I've ever seen it before, but now that I've seen it, I don't know why everyone doesn't do it. Um, Kinley Jansen had a two run lead, a runner on second and two outs. Well, really one out. He struck out a guy with two out to get the second out. 
And then he turned around because he was worried about Hayward stealing, who was the base runner at second, worried about Hayward stealing signs and giving them to the hitter. So he turned around and told his infield, hey, I'm going to balk. And he intentionally balks to move Hayward up to third so he can't steal the signs from the catcher and signal them into the hitter. Um, brilliant. Because as the person who was describing it on Twitter in a video said, Hayward doesn't count unless this guy at the plate takes him over the fence. And the best way to take him over the fence is if he knows what pitch is coming. Um, Dave, let's go to you first. I, I don't know what your thoughts on this are, but to me, it was a brilliant strategy. And I would think now that it's happened, more teams would pick up on it. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, and the bat before, you could definitely tell Hayward was in his head and messing with him because uh, they had to visit the mound a few times. And, you know, he definitely thought Hayward was feeling the signs. They locked him up. I don't know who, I guess it was Jansen's idea to balk. As soon as he struck the guy out, he turns around and says, hey, I'm balking. So it's, I think it, it had to be his idea. Uh, moves him over and then shuts down and strikes out the next guy to end the inning. Uh, I, I loved it. I thought it was really a baller play on Jansen's part. Yeah, it was a very, very brilliant move. Um, I think the sign stealing did play a part with it, but I think even more so, I think maybe he was getting confused with some of the complexity of the call, the pitches being called with a runner on second because they do have to change it then. And he kind of wanted to just go back to the basic calls there for the end. So he, because with those visits I think he was also kind of motioning for the catcher to run through the signs again I think he was starting to get a little bit confused as to what was what was being called um you know in those tight moments like that he just kind of wanted to go with the basics again and what better way to do that than to put a guy who doesn't matter on third yeah I agree with both of you I thought it was brilliant I'd love to see more teams institute that now um because and you and I talk about it there was the um a play in the Stanton Waynesboro game where I mean the guy ended up being safe but he was about to be dead to rights going to second base if the guy hadn't dropped the throw from the outfield. And when they were down, I mean, they were down eight runs, something like that going into that inning. So his run doesn't count. Um, I mean, they need it, but they need all the other ones behind him too. So yeah, he can't so yeah, you, you can't have him getting thrown out going trying to go to an extra base, yeah. But um, <sighs> wow, I, I, again, I just thought it was brilliant. And I always baseball is a sport where you don't usually see something you've never seen before. Uh, that is a scenario where I haven't seen it. I, I'm not saying it's never happened, but I haven't seen it. And now that I have seen it, I want every team to do that in that situation. Being an Orioles fan, we should do it anyway, because I mean, what are we going to do? Lose? Well, I mean, you're definitely not going to see it with uh, less than two outs. No, that's true. That's true. Well, that will do it for us here on 4D Sports. We'd like to thank everybody for taking the time to talk to us and taking the time to listen. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify and Podbean, the app and the website. Um, the link you click on every week on our social media pages when we share it, that takes you to the Podbean website. If you have a smartphone and you prefer to listen to it on the go, you can download the Podbean app, the Spotify app, or find us on Apple Podcasts if you are an iPhone person. All right, so why did the smartphone need glasses? I don't know, Brad. It lost all its contacts. I heard Dave laugh a little bit. Wow. All right. You smiled. You smiled. You liked it. (laughs) 
All right. Well, that's Brad's bad joke of the week. Thanks, Brad, for ending it on that note. And again, again, like and share the episode. Follow us on Twitter at 40 underscore sports. We're also on Facebook, 40 Sports Podcast. Comment. Let us know what you thought of the answers. Let us know if you're a fan. Let us know what your favorite Disney movie and guilty pleasure songs are. Again, we define guilty pleasure songs as songs you like but are afraid to admit to. Um, because sometimes we'll get answers that just aren't guilty pleasure songs. Um, you know, if you're saying uh, somebody gave us one, and I can't remember who it is, and I'm almost scared to say it in case I out them. Um, but, you know, if you're giving us Eye of the Tiger, that's not a guilty pleasure song. That's just a good song. I don't think anyone's ever given us Eye of the Tiger, but obviously. Uh, let's, well, I'll pull you guys. Guilty pleasure song, Eye of the Tiger? Brad? I think it's a little overrated, actually. Wow. Okay. Brad's going to say yes, then. That's just me. Uh, Dave. Oh, nah. No, it's, that's too popular to be good pleasure. I think it's overrated, not underrated. Uh, overrated. You're wrong. Okay. But be sure to comment. Tell us your favorite Disney movie, your favorite guilty pleasure song, and let us know. Again, reach out to us and let us know where we should go next. Um, we kind of try to pick these things based on our schedule, but sometimes we've got an option of games, and we try to decide where to go if fans want us to cover a specific game uh we will and we'll maybe talk to your player if you tell us about them so be sure to do that again you can find us on twitter at 40 underscore sports and on facebook 40 sports podcast thanks for listening and good night